0: Tell me something good it's time for confessions of a serial salesman author expert sales trainer and serial entrepreneur Steve noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast
1: with Steve Nudelberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book in hardcover and paperback and, of course, an audio book where your tone's slightly more dulcet than mine are today. Well, I was going to say, your
0: tones are pretty special yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. I, I love know. it.
1: should be fun. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'll do two hours of live uh, radio Worldwide on the ESPN app.
0: And then I just bought a 900 line for you to actually do your dance. Do,
1: do, do, like a phone sex? Yeah, why not? Man? So I, <laughs> sound like, I sound like Demi Moore. Today. I, I sound like Demi Moore just a little bit. I love uh, it. Episode 95 is with a friend 95. of yours. This is a friend of yours that, uh, speaking of 95, traveled a uh, long ways, long time. You guys go back quite a ways.
0: Yes, we do. So I'm uh, one of the greatest things about this is I get a platform to re-engage with friends and people we did business with and tracy miller is here today a uh, part of miller construction mm-hmm. and uh they are extremely well known in the community because of who they are how they operate they've been doing it for 47 years 47 so years and i'm so thrilled you're here let's get started let's have some fun
1: senior vice president yeah. business development shareholder miller construction tracy Shareholder, welcome
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. There's finally. a
1: lot going on there. You brought chocolate today, too, by the way.
2: I did. I always come bearing gifts.
1: Yeah, well, that's she's sweet. <laughs> she's sweet.
2: She's sweet. She's sweet. <laughs> so why don't we get started, Steve, with where we got started? How
1: did you guys
0: um, get to why know her? Jump enough? in. You know, just sort of tell so, them how we met and what we did. How did you, did you meet? We were just starting to talk about it.
2: I think we knew so many mutual people correct. is how it started. Um, Rich Rogers, we started playing golf together. That's correct. Six uh, with degrees. Six Degrees. But it was maybe even back when you were... When cell phones? I mean, how long ago was that?
0: Thirty years,
2: right? And then we did the big we did the big think with on the ball marketing at Miller Construction, and that had to be fifteen years ago or so. Nuts. And, um, and know, they just, still have the tagline the that
0: we created: mm-hmm. the power of a tagline. It's Miller Construction, and the fundamental nature of how you operate is all about relationships.
2: Absolutely. You are
0: the most relationship-driven group of people I think I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. It kept coming up, and so their tagline is relationships that build ah because they are in the building space correct and their whole value prop was that once we do stuff with you you're part of the family right (laughs) and i've never seen anything more true in my life so
2: well it's true i think you know our founders are tom and harley miller Uh, my dad my uncle my dad's tom and our first clients were their friends people they had met on the tennis court the golf course people harley boated with so uh, that's the truth they did business with people who trusted them And that's really, that's how we grew. And so your
0: endeavor into developing business for them is really the same methodology. I mean, from a strategic standpoint, that's what you
2: do. I don't know any different. Right. I mean, that's the truth. I spend my days meeting people, figuring out how I can help them personally, how Miller Construction can help them. And, you know, business comes from that.
0: I mean, one of the rules we talk about extensively is give, to get and mm-hmm. that's not only philanthropic although that is a major part of you're involved in more things than anybody I know
2: certainly a lot and I'm I. And like you're really involved. you're on Jenny the board that, right. on...
1: <laughs> give us an example some of the things y'all involved with
2: well one of my roles at Miller is now community relations which Jenny Miller my mom did for the first 45 years of the company mm-hmm. but she did that full-time it's really just a piece of it but all that means is making sure that the civic and charitable organizations, have a liaison to Miller Construction Company. So deciding where the uh, donation dollars goes, Mm -hmm. sussing out organizations that people may want to get involved. People in our organization might like to get involved in a charity, but they don't really know where to start. So they'll come in my office and we'll talk about what do you like to do, right? What's your warm and fuzzy? And it could be pets, children, elderly, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And then just help them find an organization that I know is doing the right thing with the dollars they receive they've got to be collaborative with other organizations that serve the same population right you know share resources rather than compete for them that's a huge part of it and for me to personally be involved I for sure have to be committed I, I won't I've said no to more boards than I've said yes because I They don't want me to get on their board and then do nothing. right? Which happens a lot, by the way.
0: I mean, it happens a lot, unfortunately. I don't like to see that, and I certainly don't want to be the one doing
2: it. So I really um, am am committed to only saying yes when I know I'm committed to the mission and can give time, treasury, and talent.
0: Fantastic. So one of the, you know, sort of um, caveats to your story is it's a family business. Mm -hmm. Family businesses have lots of unique... Uh, circumstances sure so That's con- a good word so right <laughs> so you guys have seen to do it really well with all of the family members could you give some insight into how you got in the business and sort of what the because you are now a shareholder i mean you have earned that mm-hmm. you have paid for that you have you know mm-hmm. so right. it wasn't all like a hey, hand me down no, for so sure. am birth right all right and share Definitely that with not. our audience like what does that mean
2: well and i from what i understand that is something that also differentiates miller so uh, I've been full-time with Miller construction for 26 years. Wow. I got divorced. My children were two and three years old and I needed a job. I was trying to be a stay at home mom mm-hmm. and the a woman who had been there for 20 years, their office manager was retiring. Now back then we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones. So office manager pretty much did everything. I had to go apply to the CFO. I got the job and I've done in your
0: family business in the family business. Wow, love I it. had
2: to, for sure. love it. Um, and I think the favor, so my two cousins, Harley's sons, they are, I think, 14 or 15 years younger than I am. So they haven't been there as long, but they also work there. They're project managers. And I think the favor that our fathers did for us was to make all three of us start from the, you know, proverbial bottom wrong. <coughs> um, we have to earn the respect of our peers. Uh, we never. We don't get paid any more than anybody else. We don't, you know, it's... We are part of the team and we have to earn our way. So what you're talking They're about. They're
0: actually, in some cases, because I've worked with you, harder on you than I you would so. normally be
2: as somebody hope so. else. Right? And I, you know, it did take a while. When I think about working in the, we, I worked for the CFO directly and I was in accounts payable and I really, nobody wanted to talk to me. I'm sure they thought I was, you know, in there. A plant. A plant. <laughs> until month. I, until a I screwed ball. up. Right. But yeah. I screwed up. I screwed up an entire check run. And the cfo she came in and she's like and you will stay as late as it takes to undo it and redo it and get i was like yes ma'am yes ma'am and i and from that day on they were like oh dang she got in trouble too Mm -hmm. so she's one of us she had to fix us i was totally it it changed everything so i'm kind of glad i screwed up that day that one day right that's the only time i've ever screwed up well you can prove
0: (laughs) to them that you are one of them just by actions
2: for sure so you know 26 years later i've done lots of different things but as my kids got older I started thinking, what am I going to do long term, um, more career-like? And and I went to Tom and Harley and I said, look, this is what I want to do. This is my skill set, fits this whole business development and community relations and all those things. And they said, well, let's let's do it. So that's what we've done. Um, And by expressing an interest in leadership and ownership, which they asked the entire team. So when I did buy in, when I was allowed to buy in, it was with nine other Miller team members. Um, who bought in at the same time?
0: Which just the fact that they allowed that to happen mm-hmm. is is a thing in and of itself.
2: Well, what they were doing, you know, they'd been at that point they'd been running a company for 36, 37 years. I mean, they're planning ahead. They right. don't want their succession plan to happen because of an emergency. So, I mean, they've put a lot of thought and brought in a great team of consultants and and just put it together. And we've even had a few iterations because from the start we're like. Well, that might not work like we thought it was going to, so let's make a change. Um, so it's very well planned out. I mean, we have a shareholder agreement. We're all making payments mm-hmm. in. and um, So it's it's working for everybody now, for both Tom and Harley, as they look forward to retirement. Tom's semi-retired already now, but Harley, he's in there every day. He's our CEO and wow. working every day in the business. And, um, you know, this way we, we can transition.
1: So what are the pros of working with a family business uh, this size, this scope? This is not a uh, – a strip mall pizza joint. Right. It's a family restaurant. Uh, we're talking about a much larger scale and school Thereof, well, what are the pros and what are the, some of the cons of it being in that mindset? Because it's rare in this age that it is. It's a family-owned, operated uh, organization of this of this size mm-hmm. in, in a corporate landscape in which you know currently most things are done. Right. Uh, what are those pros? What are some of those cons?
2: So the pros are you're always being dealt with honestly. Uh, I mean, mm. that's, that's really the backbone of the entire company. And, you know, when I say family business now, the funny thing is I don't refer to it uh, the Millers necessarily. We have 17, we have 75 team members about there. 17 team members have family members there that have either retired or that are there with them now. Legacy. They're yeah. not Millers, So they're not right? Millers, wow. They're not Millers. That, that's they're a real family business that's what i'm saying we have the only other person well actually there are two other than tom and harley who've been there longer than i have one of them his father was one of the original superintendents worked for us for 25 years and retired but scott barbudo is his name he started when he was 18. he's my age now he's been there 32 years Wow. chris hannica one of our you know leadership team uh shareholders his father again wayne was there 20 years chris has been there almost 20 now himself we have husbands and wives. We have a father. He's brought in both of his kids. I mean, you don't bring a family member into a business that you Unless you, you feel like you're unless, part of the family. Wow. that for is sure. That so, could be
0: one of the most telling things we, we've heard. <laughs> because family business, only always, for me at least, I always hear the downside. Mm-hmm. The downside is pretty obvious. You know, there's nepotism and all that right. kind of stuff that you got to deal with. But I'm, the upside is so good that yeah. you really do create a family beyond your own family. Right. Fantastic.
1: The power of a tagline. Now, you're claiming responsibility for this. <laughs> you're taking credit it. for this. Yeah. I did it. Once upon a time. Upon relationships time. that build. Uh, taglines have power, um, and they are most effective when they tell you who you are, what you do, and it immediately evokes a certain uh, powerful response emotion. Yeah. Well, that would, yeah, evoking that response would be that emotion response. So, explain a little bit, please, about the power of this tagline of your company, relationships that build.
2: So we did um, a big think. The big think is what Steve used to call it at on the ball marketing. And, and we called in the leadership team at that time. And just to make sure we were kind of doing things right. Social media was just coming on board, right? Websites were just becoming a thing. That's exactly you know? right. Wow. I know that long ago, oh right? God. <laughs> and so we sat around and just talked about the company, about our branding and how important it is and that type of thing. And again, we didn't have a marketing director like we have now who, you know, Maya is amazing. So we kind of had to pay attention to it ourselves. So we're talking about a bunch of construction people talking marketing. And we told Steve and his team the whole thing, what we believe in, you know, what's our vision, what's our mission, all that type of thing. And he came back with a few things and a few different taglines. And you know how you just zero in, like, you know, which one is right. We knew which one ahead mm-hmm. of time. I right? know, right. But you, you hide it, <laughs> right. You give. put a few before it. Be you, choices. Right? No. you put a couple after it. But we all zeroed in on the same one, the relationships that build. And, you know, like you said to start, it says it. It says uh, what we do. These relationships enable us to build buildings. And
1: Words matter, and the order in which they appear matter, because building relationships is totally different from relationships that build. The
0: interesting thing is is that in that work, you could package... The biggest piece of garbage and make it look like a pack of gold. Sure. When you get beyond it, when you're done, and they actually meet you, mm-hmm. if you don't live up to that tagline, right? Then there's that disingenuous. Like, wait a minute, I came in because of that. So this is the the word relationship. You know, we had somebody sit in that what we called the big think. All the stakeholders were there. We asked some very deep questions. We asked them a couple of different ways, which you didn't realize until afterwards. But right. we we wanted to really cross reference it. And the word relationship came up 9 million times, mm-hmm. which for those of anybody that wants to do that exercise for themselves, pay attention to the words that you use to describe what you do. Sure. How you do it, mm-hmm. who you do it with. And relationship kept coming up. And that was so culturally aligned with us. Mm-hmm. Like we were a good match because we were all about relationships. We didn't do any marketing. I mean, nobody, you know, we didn't market ourselves. We went out and met people and they either liked us and, you know, and and that was so, they had been doing it long before it was vogue. Sure.
1: So what before was interesting. So we knew what we were doing. What was, right, right. Right. Once the exception is now the norm. Well,
0: well, what was interesting was as all these news, new tools came out, they were like, we already do all that stuff. So social media for them was just a way to announce more of what you were doing. You didn't have to change any behavior. And that's really the reputation they have. And so that's one of the best taglines I think we've ever done.
1: You're awfully proud of it. I know you are. I'm really proud of it. I can tell. It. Yeah, well. And you're non. forget your verbals and your nonverbals. Yeah, you're you proud know, of this. You know why I'm proud of it?
0: Because it was really listening to them about who they were. What you find a lot of times is companies put together or present information that makes them feel good, not the client. You know, and that's probably the biggest paradigm shift in sales right now is just because selling this makes me feel good if it doesn't make you feel good it doesn't work and so we, we are trying to change the way people do this biz dev or this like you genuinely go in and say hi I'm Tracy how can I help you and if you never buy from her if you never do a building with her you're totally cool
2: right now that that's the truth and I'm sure what you heard a lot of was "Well, what do you guys do well we make our clients happy you yeah, know how do you do that we, we make them happy we right. do what they need we're friends we're we involved. build the building they can that they need they can, not know. that we want to build what they You know need based on that, what they tell us. So
0: so I mean that that alone speaks for me volumes To what's happened to the whole sales Business development branding How so? you know branding is personal now mm-hmm. so it's basically You know, people say, well, I'm going to build my brand and this is what my brand stands for. And what you think your brand stands for Mm -hmm. is completely irrelevant. Correct. It's what they think. of Their their perception
1: is is your reality. That was 1990 whatever (laughs) in in PR class. And it stands true today. Their perception is your reality, like it or not.
0: So now that we've shifted to personal branding and it's really the messengers like Tracy and all of these other family members that go out. By the way, that could be a cool title. (laughs) We're all family members. Anyway, you know, when they go out into the marketplace, they're living that tagline. It's very genuine. That's how people receive them. That's why it's good work.
1: Well, you've got to be authentic.
0: Well, it's so early. It was so early. It's 15 years ago or something crazy. Pretty close. That that work was so genuine and authentic, and people still don't get that that's what sells. I mean, you can't be in business 40 years. 47?
2: 47.
0: 47 years and be bullshitting.
1: Yeah, right.
2: in the uh, in the late
1: '80s, in the mid-late '80s, there was a movie phenomenon called Crocodile Dundee. Right, and suddenly America had this fascination and fixation with this exotic world known as Australia, yeah, or the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> and so, my friend Mr. Gannon and his business partners yes. were launching a restaurant in Tampa. Out there, just on a busy highway, and they needed a theme, and they says we're going to be outback, we're going to go the Australian thing, right. and they knew nothing about this. Now, of course, Tim had you know studied uh, culinary; he was a chef and, and and studied in Italy and whatnot, like real cuisine. But his he's a fascinating. His, guy as Tim says to me, you know my Velcro my Velcro moment was the blooming onion. But I mean, they sold this idea. Now you go to Australia, they only had outbacks. You, but but following the heels of that, Foster's beer, Foster's Lager. Remember their tagline? Australian for beer. Right. You talk to your Australian friends And, and go, a cool can. You, <laughs> know, you talk to your Australian friends, and go, don't drink that piss. Are you serious? It's not Australian for right. beer. Nobody, right. nobody sells it here. We nobody don't know can't. any better. Right. But uh, the packaging Different and the marketing, reading. but then eventually, you know, your authenticity will catch up to you.
0: I, and I, so, you know, the, the point, the takeaway to all of that is that that's the world we live in now is that you can't represent Miller until you can represent it yourself. And that's like, that's affected hiring. Like you can't come in and be, take a room in your house if you're not willing to be like the Millers or be like the culture. And so-
2: You got to live the culture. At least to live the culture. Right, right. So it's hard for big companies to
0: realize this, that the first point of contact that most people have with Miller construction is one of you guys. And if you're not that, then the brand doesn't matter. It's totally irrelevant.
1: What are your greatest strengths? Um, in business development as a business development professional?
2: I listen. So key. I believe it is. And it, it has to be intentional because we all like to talk about ourselves and I'm certainly no exception because there's a lot of great stuff going on, right? But listening to people and remembering things, remembering small things that someone else may not think about. I love to send someone a note I saw this and thought of you, or a gift, um, chocolate, <laughs> things that you know. Somebody said, and, and other people may not, may or may not remember. But I, I think that's important. It, I like to ask questions. I want to understand. That's that's really important to me. Just ask questions to understand. There, there's a different way of doing business. We like a competitive bid. We don't competitively bid our work. And
0: can you explain that more? Because that's a very significant point in the world right now?
2: Well, when you competitively bid a project, you're asking three people to come up with their absolute lowest price to build this, at this point, conceptual Mm -hmm. project, right? And they do that and they have to get in as low as they can, right? And they're all looking at the same set of plans. If they know something's missing, they're not going to put it in there. It's going to raise their price, right? They're going to wait till the end and they're going to end up having to do a change order. Sometimes they can ask questions and get something added to the plans and then everybody has to add that to their price. So you have a competitive bid. So now you've got some guy, he gets the project, right? He's like, hey, we got the work. How are we going to make any money? Well, now they have to figure out how to make money. And that usually means cutting a corner, calling up a sub and say, and beating them down on their price. You know, they're in business to make downhill. a living as well. Right. Absolutely. Downhill. So by negotiating with our clients, working with them from the earliest stages of the project, uh, helping them develop their budget. It's still a competitive price. We still have to bid to our subcontractors, but our subcontractors respond to us because they know we don't beat them down. You know, we say, hey, what's the best you can do? Or, you know, this guy, you're a better fit for this project. Can you do this? And and they work with us because we don't jerk them around. Right? Love it. So I they, mean, it's so
0: significant right. in the whole proposal world. Mm-hmm. I was just with 50 CEOs this morning and I said the biggest problem is proposals people are putting shit in there. that they're, they're never gonna do, right. and, and it's, it's it it defeats the purpose of hey what do you what do you want done? Right. What now let's reverse engineer it and get and it's right. you know so
1: perfect.
2: So we remo- just never thought that was the best thing for the client. You right. know,
1: it's never. We want to
2: change orders. Never is. We, nobody likes change orders, right. including that.
1: It reminds the me of the scene in the cinematic masterpiece directed by Michael Bay Armageddon. In which a ragtag group of uh, oil riggers were sent to space to save the planet from an impending Bruce asteroid. Bruce. Yes, Bruce. Bruce, Michael Bay, Bruce Willis, what a great cast. Steve Buscemi, yeah, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, great cast. Yeah. In which they were talking about the uh, whatever this uh, shuttle that they were flying to try to land on this asteroid, and Buscemi, or one of the smart guys, goes five million moving parts assembled by the lowest bidder. <laughs> that's great, and we're like going up the, in that The reality of, of what it is we're well, about that's to what do government is, is right? that we've got all that's these right? moving oh parts God. and pieces welded and bolted together, we're trying to do this, and by the way, by the person that said we'll do it for the cheapest. Right. So. That's
0: incredibly relevant. Instead to this of the best. So, right. the thing right. I tried right there.
1: Women in the workplace, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it's not even considered anymore um, to some degree, but there are still some old school mentality see reruns and episodes of mad men and we're like whoa this was really just a couple decades ago how the workplace functioned in the world of building women of uh, the virginia slims ads from the 1970s and they come a long way baby mm-hmm. but the reality is you still do face i would imagine challenges from certain uh other guard or other generation uh gentlemen who put in the game and say uh, hey wh- who's the boss who am i weaning with today there's still some of that there's got to be
2: i have to tell you i do not see a lot of it Thank I God. Really great. Don't. Thank but God. Construction industry is a great industry. I'm, you know, one of the organizations, uh, industry organizations I'm involved in is, is NAOP. It's a commercial real estate uh, development organization. Great chapter. It's a national organization. We have a South Florida chapter. And I've had people say, oh, you know, it's such a good old boys group. And I'm like, are you kidding? Of the last seven presidents, five of them have been women in this organization that is not a good old boys club that is and in fact it was three men who mentored me into being a president they i was on their board on on steve mccraney's board he's a developer up here and he said you know i want you to be president do you want to be it in three years or four years and i said what he said no no you've got it we'll work you through it and that to me is special mm. Unbelievable. it didn't matter that i was a woman he just he saw somebody who was a took being a board member seriously and and, and mentioned me into it. So in the big picture at least on my side where where the people I'm working with are the what I call influencers, you know, the the land use attorneys, the lenders, the developers themselves, um the landowners as opposed to the subcontractor side where our project managers and and our team would would be dealing with them and I don't see it on either side. Mm. I really don't. That's fantastic. I mean every once in a while, you know, there's always a rotten apple, but or very in the old big school,
1: picture. yeah. That very. I mean, my whole life, my bosses. You know, I'm looking back. My bosses were always women. Mm-hmm. From working in a restaurant when I was 11 to working at the skating rink when I was 16 mm-hmm. to working for a promotional company when I was 19. My bosses, my boss here, they've always been. So to me, it was never anything
2: different. Right. But
1: to watch episodes of Mad Men or to hear certain or gentlemen
2: cheers. And, listen to how they talk to each other. I mean, it cracks me up. On that, Cheers. Yes. This is totally off yeah, topic. Totally great. But I'm watching an episode and the way the men talk to the women, like, you know, hey babe, I why yeah. do you have a bra on under that t shirt? Yeah. <laughs> and we're calling men out on that from twenty years ago right. when everyone talked that way. Sure. I mean I think we have to say, listen, we've had it from this point forward. Don't you ever talk to me like that again mm. and then hold them accountable. But I, I do feel badly because I've I've had men in my industry say, We don't even know you know, I don't even know if I can go to lunch with a woman even though it's a business lunch. You know, like, what are my, yeah, what are my boundaries? Yeah, the rules are
0: very fuzzy. You know, so, you know. It, it, getting well, caught up is very, right. There's but there's getting
2: caught up is very fuzzy. I just, I, I think we need to be fair to men and women. I, I you know, I, for, for men to mistreat women at any time or age. I or think for is people disgusting. to mistreat but, people in general. Right. Well, not even Right. Mean, that, that's
1: an obvious thing with mistreatment, right. but I'm talking about underestimate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, you know, market manager of ESPN West Palm is a woman who I'll be at an event, a social event, or, or some kind of a corporate event, and someone will want to chat and talk and discuss with me, <clears throat> and I'll introduce to, and they'll totally underestimate her role and then I explain that she's the boss overseeing television, radio, live events, digital. And then there's the oh, and then there's another level of now professionalism that comes because you're being underestimated as a woman and based on nothing else. Now, that now could be a presumption
2: uh, that she wasn't the one in charge. Correct. We were. Correct. Now yeah. you have a,
1: a
0: an organization that is strictly women in real estate, or didn't I speak at something? Crew. Yes. Crew.
2: True. True. Commercial real estate women. You were one of my
0: early speaking.
2: I know I brought you in because <laughs> yes. you had just, you know, started really doing it. Um, however, 20% of our membership at least is men. Really? Well, I think those are the smartest men in the room. <laughs> don't you? They're sitting there with the decision making. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. You know? you know what? I did not realize that. Yeah. So it's commercial.
2: It's called commercial real estate women, but, you know, again, a national organization, and it's really about globally advancing women in commercial real estate. Well, that wow, takes wow. men and women. We yeah. need the men in our industry to support us, to be advocates, to be sitting at the same table, to invite us to sit at the same table or Mm. play on the same golf course or whatever it is. Uh, And from what I see, they're doing it.
1: What do you enjoy most about the work that the company gets to do with and for the community? In community relations, you spoke of at the top of the podcast, what do you enjoy most, the impact uh, that you get to make and whom in particular perhaps?
2: Uh, Really the hands-on. Big brothers, big sisters. Sure. Just, you know, one of my favorite organizations in the world. Uh, mentoring a child is so important it changes their life they just they don't necessarily need another parent they need somebody to listen to them mm. and to hear them and to just talk to them uh, I've but been they can on relate, board, they can relate they, to they can and, relate and with relate to right someone who's who's not uh, you know like a discipline but just to help them talk through things and and I've been involved with them for probably 15 years eight years ago my husband Troy um, we'd been dating and he and I'd been involved. He said, hey, do you think I'd make a good big brother? I'm like, you'd make an awesome big brother. Look what you've been through, you know, raised by a single mom. And um, I think you'd have so much to offer. So he did it on his own. Like, I never said anything. And he did it on his own. And so he's had Javante in our lives. Javante, I call him my little brother That's well. our brother? Yeah. So we have we met Javante when he was 10. He's now 18. And his whole family is part of ours. I mean, we have we have a couple of traditions we've been doing every year. But it's just been an amazing experience. And, you know, right now, the other one I'm working with, yeah, it's awesome, right. is uh, Rebuilding Together Broward, where we do free home repairs, safety home repairs for elderly, disabled, and uh, particularly veterans.
0: And that's what you just got honored
2: for? Yes, yes.
0: Very nice. I was out of town and unable to make it, yeah. but I did want to give you a public congratulations.
2: That was great. Because when
0: an organization recognizes the work, so that's pretty awesome.
2: I appreciate that. It was an inaugural event, and it went so oh, well. We're going to do it every year, but yeah, it was yeah. called Black Dresses and Blueprints, and we honored Ooh, Beth, that. Beth Azor, right? Uh, Beth Azor uh, is a developer and a, a retail.
0: And she's got a big social media following. Oh, yeah. she's great. Yeah,
2: yeah. She's got social media yeah, down. Yes. And uh, Debbie Danto, she and her husband own Danto oh, Builders, the so the three of us, yeah, right, yeah, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then a young lady, my gosh, who's a senior at St. Thomas, who took a group of 40 of her student friends down to the Dominican Republic and built two houses. And she was the fourth of us to be introduced.
0: Wow.
2: She stole the show. Miss wow. Torti. Wow. Torti is her last name. Stole the show. Amazing. So, you know, I'm,
0: I'm particularly blown away by, like, people say, wow, you, you've got it really going on. You're so successful. Well, I never helped build a house for people in the Dominican. No. That feels...
1: Oh, I'm like, telling that's you, that's real lady legacy was type stuff. Yeah. Man. Wow. And, and that's a lasting legacy. That's
0: it, man. It's that's exactly the stuff right. is fleeting.
1: Tracy Miller, senior vice president, business development, shareholder, Miller Construction. Thank you for the time. Thank you? thank you for the chocolate. And that's uh, it?
2: half an hour is it gone already. <laughs> just
1: like that. And maintain. Please continue to build those relationships that build. Thank you. There it is, indeed, awesome. right there is your tagline. Thank you, Steve
2: Wright. Stevie,
1: as we wrap up number ninety-five, why don't you tell everybody a little Shaka Khan, Shaka, Shaka, Shaka Khan? Tell them a little something good.
0: So uh, something good is that, uh, and I don't think it gets better than rekindling with. Uh, I don't want to say old friends because we're not old. We're just
1: long time, lasting we're, friends, la- lasting friends, lasting friends.
0: Um, but um, what's good? I'm going to Houston. This week, I haven't been in Houston in a really long time, so I get to spread the gospel in Houston. I've got lots of friends there, and uh, it's re- that's the best part about my business. I get to share it all over the world, all over
1: the place. Are you speaking, or, or just socially and visiting and connecting and such? Both.
0: They go hand in hand. So, uh, um, and, and I, uh, one quick final thing is, you know, people say, you know, where where do you go to be successful? Eat at the bar on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I ate at the bar with Michelle. And I have a new client coming from that.
1: Look so at that. That's really right. good. Look at that. Um, that now you I, that's back. how, but I mean, that's, you've always preached that, you know. Hey, she asked what I was drinking. Going into a conversation. Are. And there it is. Oh, what do you
0: do? Oh, I love your jacket. Oh, that's great. Blah, 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 blah. I'm the head of this big franchise. Yep. I need help. Boom.
1: For Steve Nuttleberg, Josh Cohen saying, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.